Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Franchise pros, stand the man, Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Wanna lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion lights that pilot light under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire. From a single to a multi-unit empire. Well, pay attention to this podcast that you hear. It's streaming in HD. So fine tune both of your ears. And standing Paul lays down the law. Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor. It's all about sustainable growth. The sensible franchising. Proving concepts to start enterprises. So use your left and right side of your brain. And absorb this knowledge here of franchising today. Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, franchise today, franchise today. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. Today is Wednesday, April 11th. I am reporting live from the beautiful city of the Woodlands, Texas, with just a great spring day. My co-host, Stan Friedman, I imagine now, is is firmly planted on the ground after several weeks (laughs) at 30,000 feet. Stan, welcome back to Earth. Oh, it's good to be back, Paul. And boy, the trip home was really different. I've never been on a Delta jet before where a passenger on the way to the laboratory fell flat on the floor. And I mean, we thought she died. Good news was she, she probably had a little too much to drink before she got on the plane, but, and dehydrated, but she, uh, walking down the aisle, she just went boom down. I said, Oh boy, this is not a good way to have a, I hate red eyes to start with. This is just not good. I was looking at the map at where we were in flight and thinking they're going to probably land us in DFW and we're not going home this morning. But uh, boy, it all turned out well in the end. And it was a great show. Well, that was great. And uh, I, I, I imagine, are you talking about the multi-unit franchise show or are you talking about the lady yeah. on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> That's That was cold, Paul. Multi-unit was, multi-unit yeah, was terrific. It was... Um, I had a really good time. Couldn't make enough time to have conversations with all the people that I wanted to talk with, which to me is always the best indicator of a really good show. And sometimes, you know, you look at you look at headcount and think you need to have more people. It's like leads. You don't need more leads. You just need more opportunities. And the um, people out there were a great group of franchisors and multi-unit franchisees. A lot of serious business done by a lot of serious people and thanks again to Teresa and Gary and Diane Fibbs, the entire franchise update media group for the tremendous job they do putting on these expos and shows and publish, publishing the books and magazines that they put out. Some of my favorite people in franchising, Paul. They, they are great people. And, you know, on that team too, I want to give a personal shout out to Ben Foley. Uh, ben has been with franchise update for quite a while 
and the restructuring that he's done with their uh, with their site, franchising.com. Uh, I, I got to tell you, he's done wonders with it. And uh, so my hat's off to Ben. Great job. Yeah, Ben was good enough to draw me into a picture with he and uh, franchisor Ty Law, former defensive player for the uh, New England Patriots as a franchisor, and he was exhibiting out there and kind of had a picture taken with both Ty and with uh, with Ben at the Expo on Friday. It was a great program. I, I, was, wondering all if you were, I was wondering if you were going to take up on my segue there. <laughs> well, you gave me a meatball, Paul, so what do, you know, what do I do I when somebody throws me a meatball? meatball there. <laughs> I get a meatball, I eat it. That's the way, that's the way I yeah, they... <laughs> So hey, speaking... give us some tidbits in the world of, of franchising, because we got two exciting guests on the air today. Yeah, and we won't take too much time from them uh, here in the front of the house, but talking about great events, we had a great event here in Atlanta yesterday as the Southeast Franchise Forum's uh, quarterly co-hosted program with the Franchise Business Network, IFA. We had a great luncheon yesterday. Probably had 150, maybe more, in attendance to to come out and hear from somebody that we all respect and and admire, Cheryl Batchelder, former CEO of Popeyes, was our guest and Mm -hmm. talking about her book, talking about her book, Dare, Dare to Serve and Servant Leadership and and how Popeyes, under her leadership, became a very franchisee-centric organization, and that the recognition of the entire leadership team was that we are here to serve franchisees, and they are here to serve their customers, our total customer base. But um, Dare to Serve is a great publication, and in an hour's time, Cheryl was a fantastic speaker, had everybody riveted to her every word. So we want to thank her for being with us yesterday, and A reminder for those who are in the Atlanta area, uh, Tuesday, May 8th is the next Southeast Franchise Forum uh, meeting. It's a breakfast meeting, so it's only for Franchise Forum members, but uh, FRM's own Cassidy Ford is going to be speaking, so if anybody's in town and wants to be my guest, just give me a shout. We can probably figure something out. Also, Paul, wanted to... uh, Wanted to call out 7-Eleven for doing something for the second time two years in a row. They're giving away a franchise to a woman entrepreneur. This is a great program that's got a dollar value as high as $190,000 for the qualified applicant that can take home the bacon. Uh, but you can learn more about this incredible program by checking it out on the IFA's Franchising Gives Back. There's a there's a link to it up there. Or you can go to w.e.take the lead and just Google search that and it will bring you to the program, all the qualifications, all the stipulations and things that you have to do to be a part of that program. But, you know, Oh, thank heaven for Seven Eleven, They're doing great things with <laughs> entrepreneurship and franchising. I want to also call out our good friend, Mike drum, who's got a byline article in the franchise world talking about one of the most important things a franchisor should pay more attention to. And that's protecting your marks, protecting your trademarks. And Mike's got a great article, an entertaining read about a very important subject. And lastly, Paul, I want to uh, call out um, Budget Blinds, Tailored Living, concrete, class, concrete Craft franchisees are honored by their home franchise concepts parent uh, for doing great work in their local communities and 
Priscilla Glidewell of Staten, Oregon, is a Budget Blinds franchisee. James and Elaine Trotter of Tampa, Florida. Tammy Connor. Todd and Juliana Carter of Herndon, Virginia. Mark Flood of Oakville, Ontario. And Chuck Yates of Knoxville, all honored by HFC for being uh, wonderful giving back and caring members of their local communities. And I'm going to encourage Home Franchise Corp to make sure that Franchising Gives Back is aware of this so that their franchisees can participate and get the honors globally um, at the IFA Fall Conference up in D.C. Paul, that's about it for the front of the house. I don't want to take too much time. We've got two great guests today that we want to spend some time talking with, so I'm going to let you introduce them. Yep, and I'm going to say uh, I'm just going to talk about one thing real quick, Stan, before I do that. You talked about, you know, uh, Cheryl Batchelder and creating that culture that in at Popeyes that was franchisee uh, centric. And although this doesn't fall into the category of you just can't make this up, um, I, I kind of feel that it almost does. Uh, and it's a coffee calamity. Tim Horton's parents and franchise owners are in a civil war. This, according to the Toronto Sun, uh, Tim Hortons is losing its flavor faster than a bag of, of day-olds and a cold coffee. The beleaguered coffee giant is now going to war with its franchise holders. About half of the company's franchisees have joined forces with a prominent member whose license re- renewal was torpedoed because of his fight with the company. I mean, this isn't stuff that needs to be going on. Certainly people... Get to the table, talk this out, work it out. It's for the good of the entire organization. You just no can't kidding. Make that no stuff kidding. Up, no. Not knowing what people and, are thinking. Anyway, and the only ones, uh, anyone yeah, who Howard, win, the only ones who win in those deal, Paul, deals like that are the lawyers, and that's just nowhere that's to go. That's right. Absolutely, absolutely, and over a renewal. So anyway, uh, it's an interesting uh, article, and sad to say that. Uh, it's actually happening. Anyway, um, succeeding where others have failed is the uh, the topic of today's Franchise Today show. We have as our guests Alejandra and Luis Font, co-founders of the Camp Transformation Center. Uh, and we're looking to uh, really understand the story of transforming people's lives through the development of a gym franchise that has succeeded where others have failed. Within the past seven years, Alejandra has led a team in opening nearly 100 camp locations nationally and in Mexico, while Luis has played an important role in the development and expansion of the camp corporate division, which owns and operates numerous gyms, and together with a third co-founder, Dr., uh, and I, I may get this wrong, uh, Salmon Bakhtiar, they've developed the Camp Transformation Center, a franchise that is groundbreaking fitness concept in an industry and this was really a, a, an interesting fact, Stan, in an industry that generates more than $80 billion U.S. Dollar, US dollars that is annually. Anyway, Alejandra Luis, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you so much. What a wonderful introduction. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure being well, here with you guys. Wonderful background. It's always easy when our guests have such a track record of success. To uh, to say a few kind words and and I love your 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 co-founder uh, Sam um, I love his comment that I saw a quote online that said success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure and I had never heard anything like that and it really just 
you know, hit home with me. And, and it just seems to be, you know, the entire culture from all the research they've done and from our great friends at all points, uh, PR that provided us with some press releases and, and other information. Um, it just seems like the culture is all built uh, upon success and that notion of success. But before we get into that, as Dan, you know, talked to you before the show started, you know, it, all the guests that we have coming in, you know, never really started out way back when and said, you know what, I'm going to get into franchising. As a matter of fact, last week we had uh, Dr. John Hayes on, who's probably one of the foremost thought leaders on franchising, educators, and everything else under the sun with respect to franchising. And even he didn't start down the path of franchising. So what I'd like you to do, and we could start with Alejandra first, is, is kind of go back as far as you would like and bring us up to where you are today. And I'm sure the two of you could kind of, you know, bounce back and forth because I know you're, uh, you're right there in the same location. I believe you are. And, uh, yeah. and give us the story of where you are today from where you started at whatever point you'd like to go back to. Sure. Absolutely. Um, well, Today, we are in a position that we, you know, even I think four years ago, we never imagined to be at this place. <laughs> Honestly, um, the idea of franchising, just like you mentioned, that was never uh, the, the vision initially. We had, Luis and I, my, who was my husband, we had been entrepreneurs. Luis had actually owned a subway when we first got married. Um, and then we ended up selling that. And then we got into a different kind of business. So we were always on our own, but we didn't really find passion in what we were doing. There wasn't really meaning and purpose to what we were doing. It was just a means to to make an income. So when we ended up opening the camp, um, actually at first I became a personal trainer, and I absolutely fell in love with the whole process of seeing a person transform, seeing that I was able to really help them in their life, not just, you know, physically, but I was actually able to make a change in their mental state. Um, and that's when I thought, my God, I need to do this on a big scale, not just one-on-one -on -one personal training. Yeah, I think it was in 2004, right, baby, that you, um, we had another business. We're in sales. We were selling um, household goods, housewares, household goods. And you developed a huge passion for fitness, and you had a blog, and you were doing videos. Just as a hobby, right? Right. Teaching people how to eat correctly, how to work out properly, and that was in 2004. Yeah, and um, and then from from that kind of newfound passion that I found, that's how it all really happened. That's that's really the the beginning of the camp. In 2008, we lost our business with the financial crisis. I think it was 2009, January 2009. And although we didn't have, you know, any income, um, we had two kids, we had a mortgage. It was kind of like a very, you know, difficult time for us. But we saw it as an opportunity to reinvent ourselves. And it was an opportunity for us to follow our, our passion and Alejandra. I remember one day we were just talking to each other, and she said, I, I, this is what I want to do. Fitness is my passion. This is what I'm going to do. Um, let's go ahead and start looking at ways where we could develop and build a business around this newfound passion. How did the name The Camp come into being? And the transformation part's pretty clear to me, and 
and it kind of speaks for itself. Where did the name the camp come from? That's a funny story. You know, right? we were we were just throwing around names. Um. <laughs> what I remember um, the first it was the Cardio House was the first name that we thought about. No, 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 the Cardio. A girl that we knew was going to use the cardio house to open her gym, and we thought that was a very cool name. Right. Sam wanted to use Fat Camp. <laughs> We're like, no, we can't do that. No, <laughs> that's not going to be a good name. Yeah. And, and Alejandro just came up. It yeah. was Alejandro one day said, the camp. The camp. Yeah, it was kind of derived from the whole boot camp, you know, name, because that's pretty much the style of our workout. So, obviously, I didn't just want to call it the boot camp. So, I thought, okay, the camp. Yes. So, um, and so going back to how we started back in, in 2004, Alejandra, you know, was very passionate about, you know, fitness and started looking really good herself, physically speaking. And I've been overweight all my life, guys. I grew up being obese at the time when I was 14 years old. I'm half Hispanic, by the way. I'm half Venezuelan. And, um, you know, growing up in a Hispanic family, I don't know if you guys know this, we love to watch people eat. You come over our house, you're going to eat whether <laughs> whether you're hungry or not, you're going to eat and drink. So, I, I, you know, I grew up in that environment. It's a different generation. And by the time I was 14 years old, I was at 200 pounds. And I don't know how I got Alejandra to fall in love with me. But <laughs> when we got married, and I would think like around 2006, after she was all into fitness, I was at about 250 pounds. And, you know, it created a little bit of friction in our marriage. I just knew that I need to do something about it. I, I would present her going to work out. Mm-hmm. But yeah. why don't you just go ahead and stay home and have pizza with us and the kids? Right? <laughs> so Sam Bakhtiar owned a uh, personal training gym here in Chino. He would advertise a lot. So I just went to him. I just kind of fed up with the way I looked and how I felt. I went to him. And he took the time to educate me and teach me how to eat properly, how to work out properly. And I went through that transformation and lost a lot of weight. I got down to like about 180 pounds. And then this is for like around 2007. We lost our business in 2009. We wanted to get into fitness as a business. So we had developed a friendship with Sam being, you know, his client. And we approached him into um, opening up a uh, boot camp. Boot camp was a new business model that was just starting up. Um, we saw a huge opportunity there to come into space not knowing what or how we were going to do things to build a very prosperous and solid business, but we wanted to help people go through their own transformation. That's something we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so how, how how did that manifest from a personal ambition to an actual location becoming multiple locations? How did it transform Talk about the transformation from going from a single uh, person trainer to uh, to the owner of a business delivering those services to that business growing into multiple units. Well, absolutely. That's something, you know, I knew just by working with one person and working for someone else, um, I was very limited as to the people I can help, as to the income I could produce. You know, there was going to be a ceiling that was going to be put on me very quickly. Um, so I knew by doing my own thing and by having a group training, you know, boot camp style training where you could, you could service 20 clients at a time, um, I could have a prosperous business that way. Of course, you know, marketing was, was a big part of this, the, 
what we have always focused on, focused on is the way people feel when they come into our um, facility. We set ourselves apart because we really try to make a family type of environment in our facility. When people walk into our gym, it's not like your typical um, gym visit that you would normally do. We, we really focus on accountability, support, making people feel welcome, making people feel special, um, creating that, like, hope for them. So we, we found a niche in the fitness industry that wasn't being targeted. It was people that haven't really paid attention to their physical appearance or their health over the past many, many years. Maybe they've never worked out in their lives or, you know, they're 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight and they've never, they don't know how it is to lose the weight. So we're totally different from our competitors because we do focus on these, this area of the market that is really being underserved. You know, the, the, the way obesity. Um, yeah. So, you know, back then in, in 2010, when we decided to open up the first camp, um, you know, we weren't thinking about building a brand, much less a franchise. What we wanted to do was build a company that was customer centric. Um, we weren't really sure how we were going to do things, but we knew two things. One, we were going to provide results. We were going to help people lose weight. That was one. And two, we we're going to provide an awesome customer experience. And that's what we did. And I think the word just got around, and there, you know, there's just a lot of people that would come in uh, to the camp. And we just grew from that location that we saw, you know, the void, the opportunity to service, you know, other markets here locally. So the fact that, you know, we only cared about the customer, not so much profits. I don't even remember during our conversations how much money we could make. And, and by the way, a lot of the profits that we made initially in, in the company, we reinvested pretty much everything into the company and everything was towards helping people get results and provide an awesome experience. What about the footprint of the gym itself? What kind of, I mean, there are so many gyms that are, you know, these massive uh, big box locations, and then there are some gyms that you see now, like a Curves or something in the neighborhood, you know, inline strip in a, in a shopping center. What, what's the typical footprint look like for the camp? Um, so our ideal footprint is about 4,500 square feet. We go into light industrial areas, which is great because it keeps the rent very low. Um, and we drive traffic through, you know, social media marketing, so we don't really need that foot tra traffic per se. That's why the, the um, light industrial really works for us. And it's, you know, just a large space. We don't need, like, showers or anything, just a bathroom and a large space and an office that's basically in a lobby area. You know, so it's a low, low initial investment and the equipment is also, the cost of the equipment is super low because we don't use like the, the big, um, the heavy equipment that you see at some of the big box gyms or even curves. It's just lightweight, you know, dumbbells and um, some sleds and just very minimal equipment. We, it's a lot of, a lot of the workouts are focused on your own body weight. No. And so, so how, how long was it? Go, go ahead, Sam. I was just going to ask how, how long it was before you realized that what you had was, was scalable to the point where you were going to take this thing to a bigger uh, scalable uh, business plan as opposed to, you know, a couple of units. You started growing from being a trainer 
and just wanted to do the work to then realize and you could make a business and then from one maybe location to multiple, when did the light bulb go off that this could well, be you know, something that you rolled out globally? You know, it, it, it went off when, you know, at the beginning we knew we wanted to have multiple locations. Um, I think that was, you know, part of the dream. Me and me about around five locations and so forth. We knew, we saw the opportunity. We, we noticed the fitness space was underserving a lot of the clients that needed to lose weight. For example, I felt uncomfortable going into a gym. Um, I don't feel good about myself. Uh, I, I couldn't even do five or six, you know, push-ups. So we knew that there was a market out there that, that was underserved. But also we understood the fact that, you know, people are not really interested in, you know, purchasing, you know, gym memberships or buying supplements or just working out. You know, there's there's more to that. People people want results. We know that. We, people want to feel it's an awesome experience. People want to feel acknowledged. People want to feel important. People want to feel successful. People want to feel that they belong to a certain community. People want to feel our passion, our love to serve and help. People want to feel uh, motivation, inspiration, people want to feel uh, hope. And, you know, we're talking about emotions, we're talking about feelings. So, so we knew that our job was not only to provide an awesome workout and a program for them to lose weight, but more importantly, or just as importantly, what they felt while they were going through that transformation. So we saw the results, we saw how people were falling in love with the values of the company, with the principles of the company, with the culture of the company since we started bringing in staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we knew we were onto something, so we decided to open up a couple of more locations. Um, same results. They started growing very, very rapidly. And in, I think it was 2014, out of our Fontana location, a member that had gone through a transformation came to us and said, I want to buy a franchise. Sell me a franchise. And we're like, whoa. <laughs> right. What? <laughs> we couldn't believe it. So that's, that's, that's really interesting. How, yeah, we had, we had probably five locations. And somebody came to us, yeah, wanted to buy a franchise. Yeah, at the same time. wasn't even in the cards at the time. Yeah. It wasn't even a consideration. Um, on the corporate side, we decided to go up to maybe 20 locations. A lot of it had to do that we went to the multi-unit uh, conference. Franchise Conference, I think in 2005, Guillermo Perales was, I think, nominated for the best franchisee, or he won an award, and he was talking about his background, and that had a huge influence on me. You know, the fact that back then he had maybe 500 or 600, you know, restaurants, and I looked at Alejandro and was like, oh, my God, you know, if he can do it, why can't we have 50 corporate-owned locations? So, you know, that had a lot to do with the fact that corporate grew, but then on the other side, we had a franchise business that was getting ready to take off, and it was primarily clients coming to us and asking uh, to sell them. It was 100% them. Yeah. because 100% of our franchisees are past clients or staff members. So all locations right now are owned by ex-clients or ex-staff. You know, we say here at a corporate office, we haven't sold one franchise. People come in and have bought We've never had, you know, a franchise website. We really didn't have a lot of up sales. until yeah. Up until yeah. Recently. Up until recently, uh, we didn't have a lot of the sales process. Uh, people just came in knocking on our door, wanting to buy a franchise. So we were blessed in that sense. 
So before we uh, I turn it over to Stan to go to uh, our mid-show break, you know, looking through your website, I mean, obviously you see a lot of the transformation pictures. Listening to the two of you talk, I'm sitting here and I feel like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm listening to an infomercial that's talking to me uh, individually because I'm exactly at that point of, of being overweight and trying to figure out what to do and uh, and not being happy. Um, and then I, I look through the website and I see um, the consumer proposition where it says, you know, home of the free six-week weight loss challenge. And what really hit me was the, the next quote that said, empowering our community through health and fitness. Real quick before Stan gets to the, uh, the break and then we'll talk about the franchise, tell us what this means for, for the consumer. For the, the person like myself sitting here listening to this, looking at the transformation pictures, I know you talk about hope and stuff like that. Speak to me on this. You know, tell me what I should be looking for. Yeah. And if I were to join one of these camps, you know, what I can expect. You know, coming from being obese all my life, a lot of it has to do with not really knowing what to do. And so much out there on that $80 billion space that you talked about, you know, there's a lot of stuff that is just gimmicky stuff because, you know, up to the point that before I met Sam, you know, I tried everything, you know, you name any diet, I tried it. Um, I had tried sometimes even getting, you know, people to help you working out, but then they don't, you know, help you with, you know, the, the, the food or what to eat. Um, where you taking all these, not that I want to talk bad about, you know, the, the multi-level marketing industry, but when they give you all these, you know, supplements to suppress your appetite, you know, it boils down to you're not learning, basically, right? How to eat properly, you're not learning how to eat, uh, not how to work out properly, right? So, you know, when I met Sam, you know, he was the, the person who taught me, you know, the foods that I need to eat if I wanted to lose weight and the types of workouts that I needed to do if I wanted to lose weight. Because some people don't have to lose weight, right? So we're talking about weight loss. So, you know, I went through that period of transformation, and that, that kind of, you know, opened my eyes and kind of lit that light bulb, right? It's about educating people on how to eat properly if you want to lose weight and educating people how to work out properly if you want to lose weight. And that's basically what we do here at the camp. Sometimes I'd say that it's a good analogy for a client that you're going to come in and it could be kind of like going to, you know, university or maybe Stanford of, you know, the fitness industry because you're going to get educated. And that, that, that you know, that light bulb is going to light up and those chains that have been constraining you to being overweight all your life, you kind of break them, boom, right? Because you go, now I get it. Right. Now I know exactly what to do that even if I lose the weight, and maybe later on I get a little bit lazy or life just happens, I can always go back and I know exactly what I need to do to lose those extra 10 pounds that I gained. Hopefully that answers Makes it sound real easy, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, though. It's not, you know, injections. It's not, you know, all these pills that you're popping. It's just a matter of, you know, we teach our clients how to eat the proper food. That's the biggest that's the biggest, one of the biggest components of our program. And then, of course, the working out, whether it be working out with us or, you know, running a few miles every day. 
you have to eat properly and you have to move every single day. Yeah. And that's the key to weight loss. And that's what people begin to understand after they go through our program. Well, Paul, half of my Jimmy John's is still sitting here. I didn't get to finish it before lunch. It's going right to trash. I'm done. <laughs> You're listening to Franchise Today, now in its ninth season of podcasting. I'm Stan Friedman, along with Paul Segreto. Today, we're talking to Alejandra and Luis Font, the co-founders of the Camp Transformation Centers. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where Paul and his team have been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting a hybrid approach, delivering more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. The Franchise Foundry team is rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and, of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can also assist with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and provide you with the guidance needed to navigate them. Learn more about the Franchise Foundry along with their expanding list of clients at www franchisefoundry.com. Franchise Today also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and their perspective as well as existing franchisees. This enables franchisors to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all messages to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including text. Legal and compliance is simplified as well with FRM's document management and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored using FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. No long-term contracts, multiple upgrades each year, no excuses, just solutions. On the web at frmsolutions.com. So we're going to talk a bit at this segment and going forward about the business side of the business because it would appear to me as I know a little bit about the camp transformation center from just serving you as your <laughs> just did a commercial for FRM. And thankfully you're one of our clients. Um, but I've gotten yep. to know Brian, yep. Bal- Brian Balcone. And so as Brian is the president of your company, it would seem that you came to a place where you not only had a great concept and passion, which is very evident in how you delivered. I mean, we can hear the passion in your voice, but then you come to a place where now you're going to grow a franchise company, and that means professional management and scaling the business and bringing systems and tools into the business as well. Talk a little bit about how that happened and the growth of the franchise side of the business. Sure, yeah, that was actually it's funny because um, we, between Luis, Sam, and myself, we love to, you know, get our hands dirty. We love to just, you know, work crazy hours. We don't have a problem with that. We have, like, an unstoppable work ethic. So bringing people in was difficult for us because we're used to just doing it all. We wanted, you know, obviously we have a team at the gyms and stuff, but on the corporate level we're used to handling it all. And even though we, 
we may not have, you know, all the answers. We'll figure it out, and we always have, and that's really how we were able to grow the company. Um, but it did come to a point where once we officially became a franchise, we're like, okay, we really do need some professional, you know, help. We need someone that has a background in this that knows exactly what they're doing because obviously franchising can be very complicated and there's a lot of laws and everything. So we wanted to make, to make sure that we're doing everything by the book. And, you know, we got a headhunter and interviewed a few people, and Brian was a great fit um, for us. You know, him or a person fitting into our culture was very important because that's a huge part of, of our company, really, of who we are. You know, the culture is very important to us, and he fit in perfectly. Um, and it was, it's, been, it's been a great, you know, journey with him. It's been probably a, a good, I don't know, eight months or so. Um, so it's been amazing with him. We're extremely happy to have him on our side. And, um, and our team, the team that we've been able to formulate with his help, has been, you know, I think we, we offer some amazing support and service to our franchisees. And that ultimately is our biggest, um, is what we want to accomplish. We really want to have happy franchisees, and we know that they will be happy if they're profitable and if they get our support. Yeah, we're entrepreneurs at heart, but it got to the point where it's getting very difficult to manage the company, and then that's when we decided to bring in uh, a professional that could help us scale up the business and, and babysit us, right? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we like to do uh, – we take action. We're at 100 miles an hour, but, you know, uh, this used to be a mom and pop, uh, I would say, you know, company, and now at 100 locations, definitely we, we needed help, and we're lucky to have them here. So tell us about the day in the life of a, of a franchisee. What would that person uh, do during the day, during the week, during the month in, uh, in overseeing their business? Okay, great. So most of our franchisees, well, some of them have multiple locations. So obviously their day would be different from a person that has one location and is operating it on, on you know, basically managing the location. But, the cool thing is, is that when you're on your own, when you have, when you're a business owner, you can pretty much dictate your, you know, your schedule. Obviously, um, we we encourage the the owners that have just one location to really be present, be on the ground, be with their clients, connecting with their clients, because our business is about people, and that is, you know, the the best way to. Make sure the culture in your location is, is amazing and make sure the sales are high. When people are happy, they buy and they, bring, they refer friends. So when the owner is there managing it, um, we see some great results. They're also responsible for, you know, mentoring their staff, making sure that the, the classes are up to par. Um, it's, very, it's a very fun and dynamic environment in our gyms, as you could probably imagine, it's a lot of high fives, a lot of hugs, people reaching their goals, maybe people, you know, counseling people on, on how to, if they're at a plateau, for example, counseling them on how to, to surpass that plateau. And then, of course, managing the business, checking the sales, making sure people are, are doing what they're supposed to do, you know, your team. Um, so there's a lot, there's a big aspect of fun and excitement with, of course, you know, as in any business, they have to be responsible for all the day-to-day, the operations, paying the bills, making sure their team is, you know, efficient and on time and et cetera. So who is your ideal franchise candidate? 
Uh, our ideal candidate is someone that has a passion to serve. You know, helping people is what we do. That's, that's what sets us apart from other gyms. Um, so someone that wants to serve. We, we have a lot of franchisees that have come from within the camp, like as far as staff members, so they already have a passion for fitness, and that's, that's great. But then we also have people, franchisees, that were in the corporate sector, were accountants, were police officers. Don't have, they don't have a background in fitness, but they still do have a passion to serve. So as long as they're able to, as long as it's in with, within their DNA to help people and to serve people and to want to make a difference and to be able to lead their group um, to make a difference, as long as they're able to inspire, that's the type of, of, of an entrepreneur, you know, we, we like to look for, or a franchisee we, we look for. Yeah, one of the things that, you know, we, we look for is for people that are, one, coachable, understand people, love people. And one of the things that we teach is that fitness is the product, it's not the business. You know, fitness, working out, losing weight, that is the product. The business is people, dealing with people, training people, leading people. And um, when you have franchisees or potential franchisees that understand this and, and are willing to serve and help other people, they're going to do well with the camp. Let's talk about how you're developing. As I look at your location map, obviously California is at the top of the list of locations. Um, but I see that you've got several places like Florida where you've got a footprint that, or Arizona that is underway with multiple locations in place. Are you doing area development? Are you doing multi-unit? How are you going to market in, in places like Georgia where I see just one location in suburban Suwannee? Um, is that an area developer that's going to be opening more, or is it, how's that working? What's the go-to-market strategy? Yeah, the, the, you know, this is crazy, and this is something that we didn't even realize it until we started interviewing, you know, our president of the franchise companies because Brian brought it up and some other people brought it up. Texas, the, the locations in Texas, in Georgia, uh, some other, huh, Arizona, these are all clients of the camp here in California that decided to move and develop those areas. So what happened was that we sold out pretty much Southern California very rapidly, right? And there was no markets, locations to open up here. So a lot of our clients decided to move to Texas, to Arizona, to Georgia, and open up those locations. So it's Well, that's big volumes. That speaks volumes. I mean, if somebody's going to pick up and move across the country, they have to really, really, really be committed to the brand. And so now when you have these people who are pioneering new markets like Georgia, are they committed to multiple locations or are they just committed to the one and others will follow? Yes, some people are committed to multiple locations. Some are just one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then keep in mind that most of our you know, clients, like Alejandro said, they're not sophisticated, you know, franchise operators. So, you know, we've helped people lose weight and go through a transformation. We're talking physically speaking, probably personally, emotionally speaking. And now we're in a position, too, to help people go through a, you know, professional transformation to a financial transformation, if you will. So that's also a very gratifying um, part of the business. But I would say that a large portion of our franchisees were not sophisticated business people. You know, they're going through their own 
development process as well, too. So uh, from a business model standpoint, um, are there various profit centers? Uh, I, I guess the bottom line is how does a franchisee make money? Yeah, absolutely. There are. Um, so we have obviously the memberships, regular memberships, monthly memberships. Um, and then we also have a supplement line, supplement and apparel, which is, you know, a, a lot of locations are producing about 20% of their sales come from the supplements and the apparel. Um, and then within the the membership, we have different types of memberships. So it's not that we're only geared for weight loss. We do have types of memberships that are for people that want to increase muscle mass or just maintain their weight. So there's several different programs that we have. Um, but the, the main thing is really, you know, everything that encompasses the membership and then, of course, the supplements. Supplements is a huge part of the, the revenue and the apparel. Very interesting. Um, you know, with so many different, you know, fitness centers uh, out there, uh, it's always interesting to find what somebody's doing new and then also to see, you know, such a rapid um you know, growth curve that, that you guys are on is really, you know, my hat's off to you. Uh, it's just phenomenal. Thank you. I mean, looking at, you know, your franchisee testimonials, um, it seems like the, yeah. uh, the culture is, is certainly in place. Uh, and, of course, you know, the results obviously are, are there seeing all the customer testimonials uh, yeah. as well. And, and before we go towards uh, the end of the show, uh, I want to give a little bit of credit, obviously, to the uh, the third co-owner, Sam, who's not here today. Uh, tell us what Sam's role is and, and, and how his experience has been brought into the equation. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, initially I wanted to partner with Sam because of the fact that he had, at the time, I don't know, like 20 years of experience in the fitness industry. He got into fitness, like, at the tender age of 18, imagine, um, so he had a lot of years, a lot of experience. He ha he had was running already his own uh, boutique personal training gym. Um, he is awesome. He is amazing at the marketing. He focuses all his efforts on marketing, and then also he comes up with um, all our new products, new programs. He's kind of like the the creative behind all of the the different all the different things that we do because we're very much an out-of-the-box type of, of business. A lot of other gyms copy what we do, and um, he's really the one that comes up with all these crazy ideas that, you know, most of the time really stick. And um, so that's yeah. what he does. He does all the marketing and all the new products. And we learned a lot from him too. And um, you know, it's, it's amazing that we agree so much on every aspect of the business and, you know, the, providing an awesome experience and customer service. Even before we partnered up and we were clients of him, I remember, you know, we became friends with Sam and he's been a professional bodybuilder. He's an expert in fitness and helping people uh, go through a transformation. But I remember one day I walked into the um, into the gym for my workout and he's wearing a suit and then his manager's wearing a suit. And he's the type of person who just hates wearing a suit. I'm like, wow, man, what's going on? And why are you wearing a suit? And he said, man, you know, I just went to this conference and somebody suggested that our clients could probably like seeing us wearing a suit. So I'm willing to do it for our clients. You know, so that, that kind of had a huge impact on me too. Even before we decided to partner up that, you know, he's willing also, you know, to do 
everything, whatever it takes, it takes to yeah. have clients happy and have a wonderful experience, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's really cool is that we, um, <clears throat> the three of us are very different, but the three of us get along very well. We, you know, obviously we, we don't always see eye to eye, but when it comes to our work ethic and um, doing whatever it takes, we completely see eye to eye. So, and, and, you know, serving our client, of course, we have that same passion of serving people. So it's a, it's a beautiful combination. You don't often see partnerships that get along so well. It's been almost eight years, and, yeah. I mean, there have been zero issues. And the more we grow and the more successful we become, the harder we work. Mm-hmm. So we're, we've been blessed with this partnership, absolutely. Well, certainly Sam seems to uh, have a commitment. Hey, Stan, did you know that Sam – is the only person who has won a first-place title in bodybuilding in every single weight class. Mm-hmm. Now, you talk yeah. about somebody who's passionate. <laughs> yeah. 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 That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, before we run out of time, I, want, I wanted to ask you to uh, help the audience understand what kind of a financial requirement would be involved in becoming a member of the Camp Transformation family. What what kinds of fees are associated with opening? Can you spend a moment on that? Sure, absolutely. So, um, it liquid assets is like seventy thousand dollars, and then to open a camp, you know, with all the bells and whistles, it comes out to about one hundred seventy thousand. That's already with the initial, you know, seventy included. So, with everything included, it's about one seventy. The um, the franchise fee is forty thousand dollars. That's already included in the one seventy, and the royalty is five percent. So I mean, if you compare it to other gyms, it's like ridiculously low in comparison to other, you know, what you might consider our competitors out there. The one thing I know is that many people think that oh, it's an oversaturated space. There are just so many gyms, and we talk often with people that are in the healthcare and in the elder care business. And again, everyone thinks that that's an oversaturated marketplace, but it's only in our minds that that's the case. When you look at the numbers like Paul shared at the beginning of the program about how large and how big the appetite is, if you don't mind the pun for health Mm -hmm. and wellness, um, there are far more people out there that are looking for help and service in this space. And so I don't think we're anywhere near saturation when it comes to all the niche pieces and parts of health, wellness, and fitness. And I think that what you bring to this conversation, which was evident to me today, is an incredible level of passion. And your franchisees obviously share that uh, with the willingness to pack and go and to to go across the country so they could own one of these. I mean, you can't make that up. That that speaks volumes about your business and your business model and how you run your business. In the space of time left to us, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you to help the audience figure out how to find you beyond today's conversation. So maybe upcoming programs like the um, International Franchise Expo, or where can people find you next, and where can they find you on the web or through email? Sure. Um, Our franchise web address is thecamppranchise.com. And... um, the email, the best email would be Krista. You're going to have yeah, to spell Krista, that. <laughs> okay. 
It's um, K-R-I-S-T-A-P-E-R-E-Z, Krista Perez, at the camp TC. that's T as in Tom, C as in Charlie, dot com. And she's responsible for our um, franchise development. And as far as our upcoming show, I, I think we're going to be in New York very okay. soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The International yep. Franchise Expo in New York. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing you there. And your website is just phenomenal. There's a ton of information on the website that can help the audience find you between now and then. Paul, any, any parting thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go to the Humble location, which is not far from my house, and, and take a look at it. Um, I've been inspired okay, today. And um, which, not only by what you, you've been saying, what I've been reading online, and um, I imagine it, this message just getting in front of people is going to drive your continued success along with the results that you've been achieving. Um, I, I, again, I just think it's uh, phenomenal, and I, I really appreciate you sharing us with your, your story because, you know, developing a culture, the way that it, that appears that your culture has been developed is uh, is a testament to really working at working with and being focused on people more than anything else. And of course, as we started out, you know, today's show talking about what was going on in another uh, franchise, um, you know, organization. Um, you know, it's just it's just those type of things just can't happen. And, and it seems like you're definitely carving the right trail. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, that's great that you're going to be going to humble. That's awesome. We have a, a new program starting on Monday, so get in there quick. So maybe you can sign up for that. Yeah. You know, if I am you, going you can't to waddle see... my way over there. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see Paul and me, but I think Luis, Luis said it at the, at the top of the hour, you know, that, um, that uh, he's half Venezuelan and half Latino, and the Latinos love to eat. Well, Italians yeah. named Secreto, and Jewish people yeah. named Friedman. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have that same problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, Paul, maybe even we... more so when we're together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think maybe we get together and do a workout instead of a pastrami and rye when we go to New York. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe exactly. a workout and a pastrami and rye stand. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's... <laughs> we we will be in New York, and Katz's Deli will be calling us. <laughs> well, Alejandro and Luis, I really uh, appreciate um, you taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us here on on Franchise today. As Stan said at the uh, the beginning of the show, uh, this is our ninth year uh, of Franchise today, and uh, podcasting wow. and hundreds of guests. Uh, like yourself is is really uh, a testament to where we've uh, evolved over the years, and uh, and being considered one of the top podcasts in, in franchising, and uh, and I certainly appreciate you being part of that now, and I look forward to meeting you both in person in New York. I will be the guy that will be peeking out behind the banner and saying, do I go up to them or not? Maybe if I drop a few pounds before then, I won't feel so. Intimidated. No, please, no. That's, you know, it's crazy. Of course, please come up to us. Thank you so Absolutely. much, gentlemen, for having us. It was a pleasure being here with you. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. 
Thank you, Appreciate and it. thanks again. Well, Stan, okay. thank you. Another, another great show, another great story, succeeding where others have failed. And I just keep looking at this, this quote by uh, the third co-founder, Sam, who I'd love to talk to. Success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. I, I, I can't get enough of that quote, Stan. No, it says a lot, doesn't it? I mean, very few words. That's kind of the way great mission statements ought to read. You know, less is more. You get it out there, and, and you, there's no mistaking that message. That's spot on. You know, when when they were talking about, you know, people uh, having an opportunity for a franchise and moving across the country right away, I thought of a, an old friend of ours, Doc Cohen, and how that was his uh, his first franchise story, moving across the country to take advantage of an opportunity. Just tremendous foresight, huh? Yes, it is. And, you know, uh, that passion for a brand, I mean, that just speaks volumes to me. How do you how do you do that without having uh, the, just the, the fire in your belly for something that speaks again to the concepts validity, you know, somebody who wants to open a gym and is already in California and finds that they can't open one of these can go find another brand. Well, in this case, it sounds like not, not happening. I'm, I'm packing and going where I can go to have one of these. Um, you couldn't ask for validation better than that. Could you? I, I can't think of a better validation if somebody's <laughs> willing to, uh, you know, load up the truck and move to Beverly, like the uh, Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> uh, definitely, I mean, if you're willing to do that, you, you, that brand has got something. There's no doubt. You bet. There's no doubt. Maybe from today's uh, segment of Franchise Today, our good friends at Tim Hortons could learn a few things. And uh, I would hope so. Just I. I yeah, it's just Yeah, I mean talking um, talking about talking about Cheryl Batchelder at the beginning of the hour, listening to these uh, wonderful people and talking about the growth and the development of their brand, um somehow that Tim Horton story just didn't belong on today's program, but you can't make it up, Paul, so you gotta talk about it, right? Well, at least we weren't talking about Kentucky fried chicken and uh <laughs> and fried chicken scented <laughs> suntan lotion. Uh, yeah, you can't make that up, and I don't think that'll ever. Well, I don't know. Reba McIntyre as the Colonel, I think, might fall in that same category. Uh, I'm not going there. Do something different. <laughs> yeah, not going there. Well, anyway, thanks again, Stan. Until next week. My name is Paul Segretta, wishing you the best, the very best, in this great, great thing we call franchising and franchise today is out. Take us home, Badlands. <laughs> Franchise pros. Stand the man. Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Want to lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion likes to pilot life under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire From a single to a multi-unit empire Well, pay attention to this podcast that you hear And stream it in HD to fine-tune both your ears And Stan and Paul lays down the law Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor It's all about sustainable growth The sensible franchising Proven concepts to start enterprises So use your left and right side of your brain And absorb this knowledge here of franchising today 
franchising today. Sustainable growth for sensible franchising. Franchise today. Sustainable growth for sensible franchising. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today. 